Hello everyone. My name is Brennan Moore. That noise you're hearing is my ventilator. And welcome to Page Turners They Were Not, my Star Wars podcast. Alright. Today, we are going to talk about the definitive movie epic. Everything that comes to mind when we say the word ethic is contained in this film. We will also discuss how I believe it compares to Star Wars. Or rather, the Star Wars saga as a whole. That film is William Wyler's 1959 production of Ben-Hur, starring the incomparable Charlton Heston. Ben-Hur is an epic in every sense of the word. Which is interesting because the director, William Wyler, was not known for epics. That was not his thing. Oddly enough, this movie was made toward the end of his career. Uh, he kind of slowed down in the end there. So, suffice to say, he directed movies like Wuthering Heights, The Heiress, uh, The Best Years of Our Lives, which, by the way, is very good. <laughs> And so this was not really in his wheelhouse. But I must say, it was excellent, I believe. And it's so nice to see that he was able to accomplish something that was not within his normal realm. There are some directors who, when they stray too far out of their wheelhouse, are unable to do it. But I believe William Wyler does it excellently. This film won him the Oscar for Best Director. He actually won three Oscars for Best Director for Ben Hur, The Best Years of Our Lives, and Mrs. Minimum. And I have not seen Mrs. Miniver yet, but I'm planning on it. And The Best Years of Our Lives is an excellent film, also from this director. Okay, so that's William Wyler. Ben-Hur is based on the novel. Ben-Hur, A Tale of the Christ, by General Lou Wallace. General Wallace was a Civil War general who later became an author, and Ben-Hur was one of the biggest selling books of the 19th century. I must confess, I have not read it, but it is available online to read for free. 
Now, furthermore, dinner is a religious epic. The story of a uh, Jewish aristocrat named Judah Ben-Hur, who is a contemporary of Jesus Christ. And it is the story of how their lives intertwine. Now, Jesus does not play a major role in the movie, but he is threaded through the film in some profound ways. Now, I must admit that yes, this film is very overtly religious. If that is not your cup of tea, you know, just warning you. But I think, for me personally, I don't see any harm in it because I think that even if you don't share the faith this movie shares, The fact that it is that a religious movie, I think, is a very uplifting thing. Because it tells a very uplifting story about what faith can do to people. Now, the story in a nutshell is this. Judah Ben-Hur and his friend, Masal, they were friends from children. Uh, sorry, they were friends from when they were children. Kind of go their separate ways. Judah Ben-Hur is a Jew, and Masala is a Roman, and the relationships between those two groups is very rocky. Masala and Judah Ben-Hur have very different ideas about the world, and their friendship is tested, leading to some pretty dramatic things. Now, I don't want to give away too much if you have not seen this movie. But the spectacle, it's a great movie because I think on a big level, on an epic level, it delivers, but it also delivers on a more intimate level. With some great characters and great interpersonal relationships. Now, the most famous and most iconic moment in Ben-Hur is the great chariot race in Jerusalem. Which is probably the most memorable sequence in the movie. And I've got to say, it is probably one of the best movie scenes ever. Excellent. Excellency, and the fact that it is done with practical effects, as there are no computer effects. In fact, I don't even think there's any compositing shots. Now, obviously, the movie came out before computer effects, but compositing is an old fashioned way of doing visual effects. I don't even think they do that. Now, the movie, as you can imagine, was extremely expensive, but made a lot of money, and ethics later started to lose a bit of steam, but when Ben-Hur came out, 
ethics were a big deal. The size of the production is quite staggering. Thousands of extras and big battle scenes. There's even a sea battle scene that takes place. Which is also a great highlight of the movie. Now, the script might be the only thing that I have any trouble with. I think some of the dialogue is kind of hammy. But I think that the ideas presented in the story are brilliant. As I said, great cast of characters, including actors like Charlton Heston as Ben-Hur, uh, Stephen Boyd as Masala, Jack Hawkins as Quintus Arius, um, Hugh Griffith as she killed her in. Some wonderful, wonderful actors and characters. Now, a slight warning. Hugh Griffith, who is Welsh, plays an Eric. In, he's playing him in brown face. If that is offensive to you, then I'm just warning you now. This came out at a different time when those kind of things were more acceptable. Uh, but the same could be said of my favorite film, Lawrence of Arabia. It features Alan Guinness as an Arab and Anthony Quinn as an Arab. And uh, to be clear, they're not Arabs. So there's a little bit of that going on. Oh, also, the great Frank Thring as Pledge's pilot plays a great role in this film. Now, the portrayal of Jesus is very interesting. He never shows his face. We never see his face. Which I think is probably out of reverence, and I, I find that quite interesting. And the movie's dealings with many of Ben-Hur's friends are persuaded that to believe in Jesus. Ben-Hur himself, he's a little reluctant to do that. And it's got some, I think, some wonderful religious messages. Now, it's interesting because you could argue that it's a Christmas film and an Easter film. And both. But it's also good to watch it at any time of the year, I think. Also, the score by the great Miklos Rocha. The score is astonishing. Big and bold and beautiful and very moving. I don't want to say too much about this film for fear of giving away anything. But if you have not seen Denner, I'd highly recommend it. And it is one of the great epics and one of my favorite films.
Okay. We are going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll discuss comparisons to Star Wars. Okay, we're back. Alright. Let us discuss comparisons to Star Wars. The most obvious comparison I see is the great chariot race scene. Compares to the pod race, the Boonta Eve classic, in Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Even down to the design of Sebulba's pod race, being similar to Masala's chariot. And some of the occurrences in the race. Uh, including kind of how the, the pod race ends, or toward the end there, toward the finish line, is similar to the end of the race in Ben-Hur. Now, I don't want to get too much into the specifics. Needless to say, for me, that is the biggest comparison. Now, one thing that I should note really quick. So, in Ben-Hur, Judah Ben-Hur becomes a, a great charioteer. He races to victory five times in the Great Circuit in Rome. Or Great Circus, as they call it. So he becomes quite proficient. Now, in the Phantom Minutes, we learn that Anakin never finished a pod race. Without crashing every time. Um, okay. I'll, I'll just say really quick, I do believe that that moment was unnecessary in Phantom Menace. Because I think the idea that he can win, even though he can never actually win a race. Yeah, he has the force, but... I don't know. I find that one a little bit weird. And if they were trying to be compar comparable to Ben-Hur... Yeah, Bender actually won, like, a, a lot of races. Anakin didn't until the Boonti race, but I think maybe that's more of a... George Lucas likes his underdog stories. You know, he likes the idea of Ewoks or other things, the creatures that are... Creatures and people that you might underestimate and ultimately come through. Okay, so that, to me, is the biggest comparison between the two movies. Uh, another one is that I see just in the saga is that the, the Roman Empire in Ben-Hur reminds me a lot of the Galactic Empire in the original Star Wars trilogy. And the First Order, you know, the very fascist... They're kind of having trouble with the locals. They're, and, and also the fact that the, the way they do it in Ben-Hur follows the grand tradition of the bad guys speaking with British accents. All the Romans are like aristocrats, and they all have British accents. Of course, mostly because the actors are British. Okay. It seemed to be more of a hiring thing. 
And I think the th same is true in the Star Wars universe, where the Imperials and the First Order members are very British. Mostly because the actors are British. Or, in the case of Donald Gleason as General Hux, Donald Gleason is Irish, but he's doing a stuffy British accent as General Hux. The irony is not lost on me. If Donald Gleason is Irish, I imagine his feelings toward the British, toward the English, are a little, you know. I think he enjoys putting on a stuffy British accent and playing this guy who's a major pain in the rear. And Ben Hur follows the same design, having these British actors playing these real upper class aristocratic Romans. And our heroes, for the most part, are American. In accent. This is more similar to the original Star Wars trilogy. Because since then, in Rogue One and in the sequel trilogy, we've seen a lot of the good guys with British accents, too. But you, it, the original trilogy very much follows the bad guys speak with British accents, good guys speak with American accents. Another comparison, I think, is the desert setting. The deserts of Tatooine, as seen in the original trilogy and the prequels, remind me a lot of the Holy Land, as seen in Ben-Hur. Also, another comparison is the religious element. Ben-Hur is a biblical-slash-religious ethic. Star Wars is a religious ethic in many ways. Now, unlike Ben-Hur, George Lucas was able to create a religion, a religious concept that is more universal, that all people of all faiths can embrace the idea. But nonetheless, I think it is comparable to Ben-Hur, in that there is a religious element. And I know that in Ben-Hur, the, the Romans are... Uh, how shall I put it? In a way, they kind of want to stamp out all this religious nonsense. You don't, they're not really doing that in much in the movie, but it's mentioned. The religious element of that part of the world is mentioned. Of the Romans being like, man, these, you know, Jew, these Jews and their, their religion, man, this is crazy. But I get that sense that the Romans are like, man, we should stamp out this nonsense. Kind of like how the Empire stamped out the Jedi. I wanted to get rid of any faith in the Force. You know, I'm very dismissive of it, like Monty being like, you know, don't try and frighten us with your sorcerous ways, Lord Vader. Your sad devotion to that ancient religion, you know, yada, yada, yada. So it's got that element. And uh, Tarkin, by the way, now that I think about it, Governor Tarkin reminds me a bit of Governor Pontius Pilate. Stuffy, full of himself kind of guy. Though admittedly, Pontius Pilate is 
portrayed in an interesting way in her. As kind of a, my mom called him basically a weasel. You know, government stooge, but there is an element of, there is a certain element of respectability about the character. In some fashion, you know, but he's, he's a multidimensional being. But unlike Tarkin, who's just kind of a bad guy, but they, they both give off that kind of vibe of the... There he is, his stuffy upper crust, there he is, and then, you know. So, you got all that. Um, so really, the chariot race is the biggest comparison. Other comparisons that I see are a bit more minor. Now, I do believe that the chariot racing was deliberately inspired, or should I say, the pod race was deliberately inspired by the chariot racing. Everything else is more just what I see. Though I believe I remember hearing an interview with Irv Irvin Kirshner, the director of The Empire Strikes Back, he didn't mention Ben Hur specifically, but he mentioned the the whole, you know how it is in the old movies, the bad guys have British accents, the good guys have American accents, we're going to do the same thing in The Empire Strikes Back, or we did the same thing. So, there's a little bit of a direct line there, but I think all the other comparisons I see are more just what I, what I sense. But nonetheless, the comparisons are there. And if you see these movies, by all means, please let me know what comparisons you see. So those are my thoughts on Ben-Hur and Star Wars. Ben-Hur is an excellent film that really conveys what an epic should be. Where it is both large and bombastic, but also small and intimate. And I think William Wyler was the perfect director for such a project. Even though he was an unlikely choice. So those are my thoughts on the 1959 film, Ben-Hur. My name is Brendan Marr, and that noise you hear is my ventilator. And thank you for tuning in. To page turners, they were not my Star Wars podcast. May the force be with you.